part of Perfect World Network Radio. In other words, is brought to you in part by Social Buzz Pros, online marketing experts. And I am your host of In Other Words, Susan's Chair. My guests this morning are some of the members of Aqua Kids. It's a TV show that is kid-centric and water-centric, as the title tells you. And the creators are George and Carol Stover. Welcome, George and Carol. Good morning. Good morning. So this is not, I had thought this was like just on public television. Was it originally? No, the show no. started on two small networks, the Ocean Network and the Black Family Channel. And then we grew from there and became nationally syndicated. And as of now, we appear on every major network in the country. Wow. At different parts of the country on Saturday and Sunday morning. That's great. And I've seen this show several times, uh, largely because some of my students were in it. One still is. And we'll get to them later. Now, how did this all come about? George, I understand you're a scuba diver. Is that right? That's right. I'm a professional diver. Uh, I have my instructor's license. So in my travels, in my travels uh, in different parts of the world, diving on coral reefs, as time went by, I noticed that they were dying. The reefs are dying. And, you know, I would, I would come back to another site two years later, and it would, you know, there was more destruction. And, and I thought, we've got to do something about this. And, I, and my whole concept was, if I could get kids, if I could get young adults and kids interested in saving the oceans and the, the marine and aquatic environment, we'd have a shot at turning things around. And that's how the whole thing started. Has it worked? Can you tell oh, yeah. at this point? Okay. Oh, yeah. I mean, okay. we are going, we're going into our 11th season, okay, which is like yeah. unheard of for a show like ours. And, and yes, Like yours. Have, what do you mean like yours? You mean by kids? A kids show. A kids okay. show. A kids okay. show. And what makes ours unique is our show is hosted by kids. When we came out of the gate with the show and did a pilot, the pilot actually sat for five years. The pilot huh. won two Emmys. Okay. Wow. But no, when? when was this? Touch it. Nobody, when was this? This was in 2000. We won two Emmys. Mm -hmm. Nobody would wow. touch the show because I had kids diving with sharks and petting sharks as they go by. <laughs> and that was the year of all the big shark attacks, even worse than this year. Okay. Uh. So nobody wanted to touch aqua kids because the kids were diving with sharks and it sat for five years and then we got a call from the black family channel and and the water channel saying hey we want your series and i laughed and went it's a pilot there is no series this was july <laughs> they said well can you be on the air by september with your series and i said yep so that was july by september we had enough episodes started and a friend of mine phil moore from nickelodeon flew in and helped host the first seven shows, and we've been on the air ever since. That's amazing. Yeah. So I didn't even know there was an ocean channel. Yeah, there was. They only lasted a couple of years, but oh. thanks to them, that got us started. Fantastic. Now, are, I know you've got some kids with you, the two that are going to be on the show with us in a few minutes, who have been there a long time. From the dates, I'm going to say nobody's been there from start to now. Um, almost. <laughs> Drew's staring at me. Drew started. It depends. <laughs> well, it depends. Drew started when he was eight years old, so that means he. Really and he's wasn't 16 now, right? Years. But he, Drew's been here for eight years. He's oh. the longest-running member. But it used to be eight to 12-year-olds. Okay. Yeah, and we changed the demographics to 1360. Yeah. Why? Um, you, you really want to know? As finances, financial. It, you, you can put more commercial time in a teenage show oh. than you can a younger child. Yes. So yeah, you can also have them in front of the camera more too. Yep. Um, yep. Okay. 
So this has been going on for um, 10 years. And what, it, can you give us in a couple of words what the mission is of the show? Well, I mean, I know what sure. the idea is. The mission of Aqua Kids is to try and educate this generation of young people about the plight of the ocean. Because every one of us as human beings living on the planet depends on the ocean for our survival. Now, that sounds like a weird thing to say because most people don't live next to the ocean. And most people would say, well, I don't go to the ocean. I don't swim. I don't go boating. I don't eat crabs. Whatever they would say. They don't feel like they are affected by the oceans in any way. But in reality, everybody has some kind of connection closer than they think with some type of water. Every stream empties into a river or a lake and eventually finds its way out to the bay or a larger body of water, and that finds its way out to the ocean. The ocean huh. is responsible for more than half of the oxygen that we all breathe. So That's something that people don't know. People know that trees are responsible for some of the oxygen we breathe, but they didn't they know the ocean is. How well, is the ocean exactly. responsible? Well, it's the phytoplankton. The phytoplankton is actually what produces the oxygen. And, okay. And actually, the ocean produces Because they, they are microscopic animal, um, plants, right? Not microscopic, That's exactly but teeny right. tiny. And, and the ocean plants. produces a lot more oxygen than the trees. Huh. Go ocean. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we have to save it. And here's the problem, because if people are not aware of this and if people are throwing their trash in the streams and people are using bottles and cans and throwing them in the trash and, and, and they're not taking care of, of their world, it's all ending up in the ocean. There is this huge two-mile-across island of plastic trash in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. It's its own island. Oh. oh, my gosh. So there's a lot of issues, and it's affecting the animals, and you cannot mess up the animal food chain without eventually having it come up to affect us. So it is a deep and sincere problem that everyone is going to be affected by. Yeah, a lot of people forget that things that don't affect us directly, if they affect life on the planet, they're going to affect our life. It's all connected. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. The other thing we'd like to explain to all the kids watching is that this doesn't have to be just a heavy, scary thing. This can also be fun and easy because we're showing real young people out there getting wet, getting dirty, learning from the scientists, learning by experience, picking up salamanders. That's what they were out there doing today. Um, <laughs> combing the beach, studying manatees. They go diving. They go snorkeling. They they count bugs in the in the streams. I mean, they do everything, and it's so cool. Kids love animals, and they love science. Okay, so this is a way that kids can get involved and really help make a difference exactly. in the world. That's great. Okay. We teach them what to do. We show them what's happening. That's so valuable. Okay, let's bring the kids in now. We've got Drew Bostwick and Selena Paradez. Did I pronounce that right, Selena? Yes, you did. Good job. I, I, thank you. I, I've known Selena for years because she was a student, of my, one of my acting students, but I never did know how to pronounce your last name. <laughs> I remember. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> um, and Drew, welcome. Thank you. So you, you're the one who's been with the show the longest, correct? That's right. I've been on it since uh, 2006. And you were eight years old, right? Yep, I was eight years old at the time. I was real little. I hardly remember it, actually. <laughs> <laughs> well, you must remember something about doing it. Yeah, I do. You know, I remember my first trip very well. It was um, <clears throat> the first major trip that I really remember. We went to, uh, we went to Key West, and, or, or it might have been Key Largo. It was one of the Keys. <laughs> and um, we we did a lot with dolphins, and um, we just spent a lot of time there learning about everything. And I, you know, I just I really fell in love with uh, with with what the show was doing, and I fell in love with um, <clears throat> you know George and Carol and what they were doing. And it's it's mm. just I really love this show, and I've been on it <laughs> since the beginnings. From what I can see of the show, it's fun to do. Absolutely, it is. It, it's just a blast. Like. It, 
going on these trips just isn't work. It's it's really fun to be able to to learn and just do what the average person doesn't get to do. Selena, how many years have you been doing this? I've been on since July 2011, so four years, and I'm going into my fifth season. And you were just what, 14 when you started? Yeah, I was. So, tell me what it was like when you first started, Selena, and you didn't know anything, didn't know what was going to be happening. How'd that go? When I first started, the mm -hmm. thing that was probably like, I don't know, most prominent on my mind was just trying to make sure that I said the right things at the right times, and that I wasn't necessarily <laughs> stepping over everybody's shoes and, and just delivering my lines correctly. I was a nervous wreck. <laughs> well, you figured it out. <laughs> yes, eventually. Yeah. Now, what places, and I'm, Drew, I'm going to ask you the same question later. Tell me some of the places, Selena, that you've been with Aqua Kids. Um, I've been to Hawaii. I've gone to Maine, New Jersey, Connecticut. Uh, I'm trying to think. Is there any other places that I've gone to? We've done local trips in Maryland and Virginia. Mm -hmm. mm, I think we did an island off in New York. So, yeah, little places just, just all over. Is there one that was your favorite? Mm, I don't know. I guess it's a tie between Maine and Hawaii. Okay. Maine just had such natural beauty when it comes to just the nature. It was just so much green and so much mountains mm. and, and wildlife. It was just beautiful. But what did you do? Hawaii is very tropical. Oh, well, yeah. I, Hawaii <laughs> is the home of my heart. You don't have to tell me. But yeah. what did you do in Maine? Um, we did a lot with, uh, what was that? We did beaver. And we did a beaver dam. We took it apart oh. and watched the water level rise. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Beavers went to all that favorite. work, and you just took it all apart. I, I know. You it sounds a lot worse than it yeah. was. I, I imagine you put it back together afterwards. Um, um, not exactly. <laughs> it, was, it was an obstruction. Oh, okay. Yeah, for the, uh, wildlife. All right. As long as no beavers were harmed in the making of that show. <laughs> no, of course not. Okay. Uh, Drew, were you there in Maine? I was. Yeah? What was your favorite part about it? If, if you have a favorite. Well, what actually, did you like? down that, uh, that beaver dam was really fun. You know, the, the reason we brought it down was for the, uh, for the, for the rest of the ecosystem. It was causing a, uh, although it was natural, it was still causing an obstruction to the wildlife there, and that's why we had to take it down. But uh, oh. just all of us working together um, with, the, with the pulleys, we had to use, uh, it was all manpower, and we had to pull everything apart using a crank. And uh, just all of us sitting around there, just like working really hard together, trying to trying to bring it all down. And the results afterwards, the the light or the um, what's it called, the uh, landscape had changed drastically afterwards. Yeah. And you know, wow. just the fact that we did something that mm -hmm. caused a positive change in the environment there, and we weren't just talking about it or learning about it, we actually did something, and that was what uh, was the you know probably the highlight of my trip. Now, I think most people, and I include myself in this, don't really realize what, how sturdy a beaver dam is. From what you're saying, it's like a wall. Oh, yeah. They're experts at engineering. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So were you in Hawaii, Drew? I was not in Hawaii. I could not make that trip. You know, we had uh, two big trips that year, and I uh, unfortunately couldn't make the Hawaii one. Which one did you make? You were in Alaska, uh, though. Alaska, yes. So tell me about Alaska. Well, if you're going to ask what my favorite trip was, it's that. Um, hmm. Alaska was 16 days roughing it in the wilderness. We were camping. We were staying at different places all across the uh, Kenai Peninsula. And that trip was uh, one I'll never forget for my whole life. And I can't wait hmm. to go back there. We did everything. We learned about all kinds of fish. We learned about the land. And we learned about the air. We, we did birds and uh and um, land animals, and we, we learned all about the salmon that were in the area and how they're crucial to the, uh, to the people there. Now, clearly this was in the summer or right around the summer, correct? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, what's the climate where you were? Because a lot of people think that it's cold, that everywhere in Alaska is cold, and some of it is, is similar to San Francisco, isn't it? 
It is. I was under the impression that it was actually going to be warm there. Um, <laughs> I, they were telling me to pack all long sleeves, and I, you know, I just didn't buy it. I figured, you know, maybe in the summer it was going to be just as warm as home. And uh, but it actually, it never really got above. 73 degrees the whole time and uh you know at night it got bitter cold we were staying in some of the tents you can see your breath uh got uh-huh. down into the into the upper 30s at the one night at camp when it rained and uh you know it was a it was a true camping experience like like nothing i've ever done before we uh we stayed at different places all over we went to um we stayed in anchorage we stayed in um soldatna soldovia uh we went to um let's see uh Homer, we went to Seward, we went all over that peninsula and we stayed at different places, mm. like unique places. We stayed at the, um, one night we stayed in the aquarium at, uh, in Seward, Alaska with all of the creatures there. And we could hear them, huh. we could hear all the, uh, uh, the sea lions out in the morning when they woke up, they were loud and they were uh, like a natural alarm clock. It was just <laughs> the most amazing thing ever. Wow. That's and the pot of orcas, Drew. Oh my gosh! Yes, we were uh, we were on a boat going through the fjord um, in uh, in Seward, and there we just looked behind us and we just see a, a pot of, of orcas, and uh, we saw a humpback whale. See, didn't we, George? Orcas. Yeah, in case orcas. you don't in, in case you don't know, orcas are the black and white whale that's called a killer whale, but really yeah. doesn't live up to and the name. And what made what made this really unique? This pod. It was the pod that had disappeared after the oil spill from the Valdez and they and the scientists had not seen this pod for many many years and we actually got to see them in the wild and they they uh they didn't have many babies with them because orcas are pretty smart when their food supply uh, dwindles and because of the oil spill there's mm-hmm. you know a lot of things were killed and their and their food supply dwindled so they cut back on on reproduction, which is pretty smart of an animal, but we actually they they could tell by the markings on, on the on the on the adults that this was the pod that they hadn't seen and had disappeared for a long time. So it was really really cool. That's wow. to me, actually, I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me uh, about some of the other trips. Let's start with Selena, where you really were surprised by what you learned. Hmm. That's a good one. Well, take today. We learned about salamanders. I knew nothing about salamanders before the morning started. And salamanders are what's called an indicator species, and that was sort of the big lesson today. They're like the canaries mm-hmm. in the coal mines. Okay? If, if they start to dwindle, something's wrong. If they're thriving, if you find salamanders in a stream, that means the stream is in excellent condition. Okay. okay. And the other thing, the kids. What did you learn about their breeding today? This particular species, guys. About the breeding. Yeah. How did they breathe? Oh yeah, they breathe through their skin. They don't have lungs. Right. <laughs> I did not know that. It that sounds so strange. The, the water, uh, the, if the water is in good quality, then that means that they're breathing good water. Mm-hmm. Now, how does the average person recognize a salamander? They look like little lizards that live in the water, but they have long bodies. Okay. Some of them are bigger than than others. Okay. So they have more body than tail as opposed to most lizards. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's right. They're uh, they're amphibians, like frogs. Yes, which means that they can exist with air and without it, correct? That's true. That's true. Okay. Not all... Not all salamanders breathe through their skin. This particular breed that we were, species we were working with today, which means they can be underwater and they breathe through their skin, but they can also be on the surface, you know, out of the water and also breathe. Um, so, and there are others that have fish-like lungs and, and they breathe more where the water filters through their, through their gills and, and, and they get the air that way. So it's, it's just, it depends on, the, on the, the, the species of salamander, how they actually breathe. But how does it work that, like frogs, or I think turtles fit in this class too, that they can breathe both air and water? What kind of... of um, uh, well, uh, okay, now that depends. Anatomy, okay, that's turtles, the word I was looking for. Turtles have to hold their breath. 
Turtles don't oh. have gills like so. Turtles are you know they're uh, uh, a reptile and they have to come up for air. However, okay. a turtle can hibernate by slowing their their heart rate down and literally sleep on the bottom during the winter and never come up for air. Uh, so they have that ability of slowing down their heart rate. And same thing with a frog. A frog also can't breathe underwater, but a frog can drop to the bottom of your pond and stay there all winter by slowing down their heartbeat to almost nothing. Pretty cool. So what are true amphibians besides the salamander? Uh, actually, I think the, the big three are... Uh our sal- this is true, by the way. Uh, the big three are newts, uh, frogs, and salamanders. Those are the ones that I've always learned about, but I'm, I can guarantee there's more. Selena, tell me, show me some really fascinating information you got from one of the shows. Okay. Let me see. What's, what's a good one? Well, when we were in Hawaii, we learned about, you know, white terns and how they actually get, what is it, the, another bird comes and takes care of it and shows it how to fly and things like that. Each, each segment that we do or every episode, there's always something, something new that you learn on the spot that you, you didn't know before, before the day started. So each day is kind of like a, a new learning, learning experience. It's kind of like going to school and just <laughs> learning new information every day. Except a lot more fun. Yes, a lot more fun. Yeah. Drew, what about you? Uh, I think one really interesting thing that, I, that I've learned on, of all these trips, I'll bring it back to what we said at the beginning, how everything leads to the water. No matter what you put in your soil, in the air, in any flush down the toilet, no matter what you put out there, it's going to end up in the ocean. And you have to decide if what you're throwing away should go to the ocean. Just everything has a reaction, like a butterfly effect. And, so um, this, is your, this is your big takeaway from what you've done so far. It's the most important thing I've learned of, this, of the, the eight or ten years I've, I've been with George in this show. And it's well, just that everything we do has a purpose or has a, uh, has a reaction. Everything has a consequence. Well, Carol, that's got to be really <laughs> wonderful for you to hear because that's kind of what you want from the show, isn't it? It's perfect. That's what we want them all to learn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they do. Everything, they do. We ev- watch these kids grow up on this show. It's wonderful. Mm. It's really That amazing. is great. That's right. You've seen Drew since he was a little kid, and now he's a teenager. George and mm-hmm. I have actually been together since I was uh, in diapers. Really? <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. You're going to have to explain that. I can't hear you. I can't hear you. Uh, I did a commercial with Drew when he was a baby. Uh, oh. commercial. You're listening to In Other Words, part of PWN Radio's Women in the Morning. This is a pre-recorded show. Okay, this is a good time to uh, say what it is you do, George. I mean, yes, you, you do this show, but you are a cinematographer, correct? Uh, yeah, I actually have a degree in motion picture production. Oh. Uh, so I actually shot film in the beginning of my career, and then video came in, and uh, now we shoot video, but video now also looks like film. In fact, most major motion pictures now are actually shot digitally. Uh, you know, it, with, it's not film at all. It's just really? basically a video process. So wow. uh, I become 360, and, uh, yeah, that's what I do. I have a production company, and I do Aqua Kids in my spare time. Uh, and spend money on it that I don't have. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you remembered that Drew was so cute as a baby in the diaper commercial, and you tried to get him back on in this one, huh? <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, Drew actually did a commercial for uh, uh, a learning center, and he had to on cue... Uh, flip the ball of oatmeal, hit it with his hands, and make it go to the ceiling. And he did, he did it perfect. He was like a little, little. He, he Drew was great on camera from the very first. So he, he, he's a natural. <laughs> Good to know. So, um, Carol, what do you come to this from? I, I know that you, at least, were a makeup artist. Are you still doing that? I am. I'm all the time. That's my thing. Um, okay. But I come from an advertising background, so I've been in marketing and advertising for a long, long time. 
uh, pretty much concurrently to the time that I was working in makeup. I always seem to have four jobs at a time. So well, you don't want to get bored. Focus. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. We would not want that. <laughs> Uh, but my main focus with AquaKids is on a marketing level. So it's my okay. job to coordinate and try to come up with the new concepts and make sure that everything is out there on social media and engaging with as many people as possible and make sure the website is being updated and things of that nature. As I said before, we, we watch the kids grow up on this show, and they do – they gain so much from this. They become production people. They know how to produce a TV show by the time they're done. Wow. And they grow up and they get amazing jobs. They go to college. I mean, they do eventually have to leave and go to school and get real jobs someday. So uh -huh. that's why we have a turnover. They, they, they don't do the show when they're 40 years old, but they do get incredible jobs. Yeah, well, there has to yeah. be a cutoff age because this is Aqua Kids. Right. So, yeah, you can't be doing it when you're 40. Well, once they hit their, once they hit college age, we know that their time becomes more limited, and they're not able to devote the energy to it that they did when they were just teenagers. So oh, that's many true. of them will go off to school yeah. at that time, and then we we're always looking for new kids to come in and and help round mm -hmm. out the cast. Yeah. Yep. But now, now we have two kids that really have been successful. One actually works for National Geographic, and the other one works for and does a show called NASA 360. So they they learned while on AquaKids how to be a, how to be on the air and how to handle themselves, and and they grew right in you know and they grew up with the show and they moved on and got real jobs. That's fantastic. Yes. I mean, really, this is like a dream job for a kid. It is. It is. And I tell, I tell the kids, you know, look, you're not getting paid to do this, but you're getting the experience of a lifetime that, that you just couldn't get. Yeah. You know, it's, so it's cool. Now, you say you're funding all this yourself. Yep. Um, how does that happen? Because this stuff ain't cheap. How are you uh, getting we, we, income? <laughs> we spend money we don't have. Um, we max out credit cards, um, and, and we do make a little money on the commercials you see running our show, but the commercials you see running our show just about is enough money to get us up on uh, the satellites and on uh, uh, Pathfire. You know, so it has to be delivered to 143 different television stations every week. So we make a, enough money sort of to cover that, but any trip, any travel, any editing, any shooting uh, basically comes on the back of Carol and I and, and our production company. We have... We are finding that we're making money on the back end now. Uh, uh, Disney has bought episodes from us. Sony Paramount, wow. bought, Sony Paramount bought 52 episodes two years ago, and they just ordered 52 more. So that's where we're, we kind of make money on the back end and pay off all the bills we just had for the past couple of years. Right now. <laughs> now, when you say... That's what we're hoping. <laughs> yeah. When you say... Uh, Paramount bought 52 episodes. What exactly yep. does that mean? All right. They, they, what they do is they, they bought the rights to, to air 52 episodes for, mm. for two years. And, uh, for, for instance, Sony, Sony Paramount owns, uh, it's called Get TV. It's, it's one of the new, newer networks, uh -huh. GET, Get TV. And Aqua Kids appears on there twice a week. I see it because I, I te you know, I have a DVR. Yeah. So on, on Fridays and Saturdays, Aqua Kids pops up, and it's called Aqua Kid Adventures because it's the older episodes. Oh, so okay. It, it literally is called Aqua Kid Adventures. So, and if you punch into your DVR, Aqua Kid Adventures, you'll find that it airs somewhere in the country almost any time of day, anywhere, any place. It's pretty cool. And to have the rights to do that, well, I assume that they, nobody else gets the rights to those particular episodes. No, that's not true. We don't do exclusivity. Oh. No. Oh. No, so it's, it's, like, it's like Disney has bought it, Sony has bought it, we've had some Christian networks buy it. Uh, it's just, no, we don't give anybody exclusive. Okay. And that they pay you enough money that you can sometimes meet all your expenses, huh? 
Yes, we pray that that happens every couple of years. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Now, one question. Not forever. (laughs) Well, no, because it's going to start actually making money, right? Um, It it, it is actually starting to make money. And, again, it it seems to be most of it's on the back end. You just – kids' shows don't make money, per se, airing weekly. You know, broadcast-wise, but mm-hmm. again, when you when you do the reruns, Andy Griffith said that the Andy Griffith Show lost money on on the first broadcast, but they made you know tons of money on the back end when they started doing the repeats. Yeah, syndication's where it's at now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now you said that one of the first networks that wanted you to do the series was the black family network did i get that right black family channel yes what was their interest well because we had fillmore uh, a young black african-american who was a comedian on um a nickelodeon uh-huh. and he happened to be a personal friend of mine because he worked with me i did i worked i did some shows for animal planet so we worked together on some shows on animal planet and when I came up with this idea, I said, Phil, you'd be the perfect coach. We actually got him certified, so he was a diver. And uh, we threw him in with the sharks on the, on the you know, when we did the uh, pilot. Mm-hmm. And then he came back to help us get on the air once, uh, five years after the okay. pilot, to get it started. Yeah. Yeah, I was just wondering what the particular draw was to that Well, um, it was because we had, yeah. Because, because of the guy. A, a black, we had, we had yeah. an African-American host at the time. Yeah. yeah. Now, yeah. Just because you've thrown this out, uh, out a couple of times about the kids diving with sharks, let's say here that generally speaking, sharks have no interest in people and are, people are not at risk around sharks. That is absolutely correct. We are yeah. not on the menu at all. Most attacks yeah. are mistaken identities. Yes. And most sharks, 90 9% of sharks will bite you and spit you out because they don't like the way we taste. Right. And, then, and, that, and that includes a great white. If a great mm-hmm. white bites you, you know how big they are. So the yeah, you might be dead devastating, when they but spit they you spit out. But right back out because they're yeah. going, ooh, I don't like that. Okay. Yeah, because what, what attracts, and scuba divers are at even less risk because what attracts the sharks is things like, like surfers get, um, attacked a lot because they're paddling, and those arm movements are like that, like those of a wounded fish. Well, that, and they also the silhouette looks like a seal, or a sea lion. Oh, okay. So Didn't know that. You, you have both. Here's the thing: it, it, you can when we when we bring in the sharks to play with the sharks, and I've been doing that since the 80s. Mm-hmm. We we dump blood in the water, we dump chum in the water. The sharks come around; they're curious, but they are. It is not a feeding frenzy. We can get in. We can work with the animals. Um, you know, I, I, I work with some crazy people, and occasionally they'll put a fish head in my BC pocket, and I'm I'm down there diving <laughs> and shooting, and, and then I'll wonder why the sharks are, are bumping into my bumping into me, and then I realize, oh, okay, this is really funny. You put a fish head in my in my pocket. Now, okay. how like is that not? But, but how is that? How is that not dangerous? Because I thought, because I mean, I've been up close and personal with a shark. So, uh-huh. I'm, and oh my gosh, they're amazing creatures. But I thought that once you introduced fresh blood into nope. the picture, no, they don't go into a frenzy. The blood has nothing to do with it. It, it, it just, it, they'll come in and look around. But here's what happens. Okay, if, 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 uh, if, if you're diving... And, you, and you're with your buddy, and you take your knife, and, and this is just an example. If you stab your buddy, and he starts mm-hmm. flailing around, or if you're spearfishing, and you shoot a creature, and, and it's flailing around and, and sending out this emergency signal, mm-hmm. that's what starts the feeding frenzy. So usually if I'm diving oh. and people start spearfishing, I get out of the water. Okay. 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 I it's, see. It's that it's that it's that uh, that signal that's sent out when something's in distress. That's what starts the feeding frenzy. It has nothing to do with blood whatsoever. Okay. Yeah, I know. Years ago, uh, they used to say that women should not dive during their period because it would attract oh, sharks. Which that's is different. that was bull even then because they 
the only kind of blood they like is fresh. That is just just silly. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Now I have seen a male dolphin react to that. Okay. And yes. male dolphins are evil little creatures. Well, not evil, but they're they're like they're randy they're little like guys. Yeah. And they're randy and they're, little devils. Yes. They're, <laughs> yeah, they're randy little guys, and I've seen them react to women in that situation because they're going, oh, okay, this is interesting. Yeah. Okay. But sharks, <laughs> no, not at all. Huh. Good to know. Okay. So let's go back to the kids now. Uh, Drew, pick a time that you learned something that you just completely shocked you. Well, let me think. Something that completely shocked me. Um, Or has that happened too many times to pick one? (laughs) <laughs> well, um, to tell you the truth, I can't really put my finger on something that's really, really shocked me. But I, that okay, well, think, will you think about that for a minute, see if there is anything. Selena, do you come up with anything? Mm, not something that strikes me as, as shocking. It's just, okay. I don't know, I guess one of the, the, the things that I really do notice and take away from each time that we do an episode or a segment is just the fact that, you know, people litter so much that, you know, we could be standing in the ocean and there's trash floating by us or we're standing in a, in a river or a creek and, and there's just water bottles everywhere. It's things like that where it's like that, that's an easy fix. Mm. That's something that you can just put in a recycling bin and yeah. no issue. But sometimes mm. people just are unaware of it or they just blatantly like ignore it. Now, let me ask you, Selena, before this show, how conscientious were you about not throwing things in streams and rivers and about recycling? Yeah. um, I was one of those, I still am, one of those people who who always want to do the right thing. Maybe I I don't always do the right thing, but I want to. So I still had a, like, you know, like a Jiminy Cricket kind of telling me, like, okay, right. I really should put this in a recycling bin. <laughs> well, let me actually do it. But, I mean, I'm okay. telling you, I never, I never was so aware of the damage that humans are doing to the animals and the environment until I, I was on the show. Now I walk in, on the street or on the sidewalk and I see trash and I go, I want to pick it up. I want to pick it up and I want to put it in the trash you? in the recycling bin. Most of the time, Do yeah. Do you pick I it have, up? Like, mm-hmm. If I have an extra okay. plastic bag in my hand or something like that, I'll, I'll try to pick it up. And I'll take it to Now, this is something. Right, right, yeah. This is something that is not real common, I think. Because most people think, if I didn't create the problem, why should I try to fix it? And, you know, like, um, just real microcosm at the gym, I, I will put weights away, I will put mats away that people just left. And mm-hmm. other people will see them and not do anything because, well, they didn't leave them there. Yeah. That's a perfect example. It's very true. I mean, I was telling George and Carol about how, you know, why, why kids should care about the environment. There's animals that we've learned about in elementary school, like the rhinoceros. I just heard that a species of them has gone extinct. Those are animals that I used to learn about in school, like out of a textbook. They're amazing creatures, and they're not here anymore. Do you know which one? Yeah, the black uh, rhino. The black rhino, that's what I thought. Let's not not get into that. Okay. Uh, yeah, the, the, the poaching there. I think a lot of this is really the same issue, Susan. If you pull back farther and farther and look at it, look at the earth as a whole and human behavior over thousands of years, we are slowly mm-hmm. with each generation becoming more aware of our impact, not just on each other, but on the animals that we're interacting with, the ones that we're eating, the ones that maybe we're not treating so well, on the air, on the water, on the land itself, how we're growing crops. All of these things are going to have the same cascade effect, and they're all interrelated. It's impossible to take one of these issues out and single it out as an individual problem and say, well, we're just going to work on this because this is a really big deal. 
because they're all big deals and they all connect with each other. So I, I guess one of our goals with this television show, Aqua Kids, is to show people, hey, this is, this is a growth in mentality. This is a growth of awareness. And once you become aware of recycling, then you become aware of what you're doing with your trash. And then maybe you'll become aware of the plight of shelter animals. And then maybe you'll become aware of animals going extinct in Africa. And it goes on and on and on. Okay, now, it, it's an I absolutely... of awareness. Okay, yes, that's critical. P you, people have to understand what the situation is. Now, realistically, even though every piece of the puzzle is important, no one person can have a hand in every piece of the puzzle. How do you think people oh, no, should but you go? Can do your one thing. That's what I was going to say. How do people? How would you recommend they choose where to put their energy? They should pick the thing that means something to them because everybody, no matter what level they're working from, no matter who they are, no matter how much time they have to spare, no matter what their income level or their profession happens to be, everybody is affected by and moved by something. Yep. Mm -hmm. If you just pick one thing and say, wow, um, homeless children, it really bothers me, or wow, um, you know, animal abuse really bothers me, or pollution, but it doesn't matter. Everything, there's so many things that need attention. Choose one thing and do what you can, and you can literally start in your own neighborhood. Yep. Yeah. You've heard that saying that you can't, you can't clean the whole world, but if you sweep off the sidewalk in front of your house, and then if everybody else did that, there would be no problem. We say so, building a better planet starts you know. with you. Yeah, yeah. I, I had do I had a, a bit that you can do. Yeah, I had a client uh, who was passionate about animals, and she did a lot of work with the um, uh, shelters and things like that. And I really wasn't specifically interested in that. If she asked me to sign something, I would do it. Um, but she said, "This is the way it works." If everybody chooses something, then everything gets covered. At the sure. time, my, my um, passion was uh, Darfur, um, and, and it's always dolphins, <laughs> always. But yeah, if you just pick one thing that you're interested in. Now, how do you find out what you can do. I mean, yeah, you can sweep your neighbor in front of your the sidewalk in front of your house. But say your your um, your passion is uh, abused animals. Where do you go to find out what you can do? Not the internet. Well, with the internet, there's so much information out there now. When we first started this, the internet was not as sophisticated as it is now. Now okay. I could take my cell phone and I could look up anything in 10 seconds and find out almost anything I wanted to know in the world. That's how communications have evolved. Okay, so, so what you're saying? If someone out there listening to this and they are moved by an issue, all they got to do is Google something and they can find nonprofits. They, if they want to just send $10 to a nonprofit, there you go, you can do that. Or if you want to get involved, you can volunteer somewhere. Mm -hmm. Kids can really volunteer so effectively at animal shelters or aquariums or zoos. They can join scouting organizations and do stream cleanups. They have key clubs in a lot of schools, high schools and junior high schools, and they go around and do beach cleanups. There's no end to activities. So basically so you're saying... out there that you can find. Yeah, you're saying find what it is that you're passionate about and then just go on the Internet and find what you can do. Now, also, I want to address something else. You said if you can send $10 to a nonprofit. I'm pretty sure I'm right about this. Obama's first campaign that was funded largely by just individuals, but I think I heard that the average donation was about $10. It probably was. <laughs> yeah. But the every, I mean, you know, so what I'm saying is you can't say $10 doesn't make a difference. Yeah, it does if everybody does it. I mean, that's how Obama if a million people became send $10, president. sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the point is. I don't have a million dollars, 
but we can work on a TV show, you know. Well, if so you did, you wouldn't worry about funding. what they do. Yeah. You're right. You get it. I could totally yeah. write the check and say, here's Aqua Kids. That's right. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wouldn't that be great? Um, what, well, you do have some places. Well, I, I just wanted to be very clear that whatever you can do, however small it is, will make a difference. Um, but now, Absolutely. going back to AquaKids, you, uh, you've had some places give you funds to come into their area, haven't you? We, we, we have actually had, yes. We've had uh, folks like Hawaiian Tourism send us to Hawaii uh, and, and things like that. Uh, sometimes uh, universities will br bring us in and give us free housing. Uh, it happens once in a while, okay, but uh, not most of the time. Okay, well, that, that'll they'll change. they'll pay us actually to do it. They'll pay for lodging. They'll pay for travel. Sometimes they'll pay for food or maybe a rental vehicle. So it's really that they are sometimes picking up part of the expenses for a particular filming trip yeah mm -hmm. but if you're and paying for everything works. that's good I mean that helps well oh and, my gosh see, hey <laughs> absolutely here's here's our little catch we are not a nonprofit and but we are starting oh. to work with nonprofit agencies so we actually uh -huh. have two grants out there floating around that uh, we have we are the video portion of the grant for for NOAA and uh, Fish and Wildlife so what they do is the, the, the NOAA people and the, and the U.S. Fish and Wildlife people call us and say, look, we've, we've got the possibility of getting a grant. We need to teach uh, Latina, Latina uh, youth about protecting the environment. Can we use you as that outlet, your television show? Can we use your television show as that outlet to teach the kids? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. So that's how we – now, one other thing we didn't mention – we're actually going into the school systems starting this year, and uh, there's a company that, that picked up 30 episodes of our of our shows and wrote lesson plans. And uh, as of uh, June, they have launched Aqua Kids to make it available to uh, the preteen years. This is cool. I've gotten emails from teachers for years. How do we get your show? How do we use it? And, and then wow. all of a sudden we found that outlet, so now we're out there. That's great. Yeah. I am just so proud that some of my students are part of this. Well, there you go. <laughs> now, you should speaking, be. They work hard and they do a great job. I know. I know they are. Now, uh, Susan, Drew's got to get out of here because he's Okay, a, Drew, he's let me ask you something. Tomorrow, so. Drew, before you leave, I just want to ask you, how do you think this has changed your future? Wow, well... Just pick one thing. Yeah, you know, this, this actually was the, the first thing that I've... You know, I do, I do a lot of things today. I'm, in a, I'm, I'm a musician. Um, I'm um, <clears throat> active with a, a, lot of, uh, a lot of things that's, that are going on right now. I've had, a lot of, I've had to drop a lot of things in my life. But the things that I do now are this show and uh, my band. So this show opened me up to everything that I currently do I uh, my public speaking anything that I've ever had to do um, regarding uh, public speaking at all has stemmed from this show this show has taught me everything that I know about uh, about you know show business as well mm -hmm. as uh, like I said public speaking and it's just you know it's opened my eyes to the, to the whole business in the world and I've learned a lot about how the world works with this show and in addition to the mechanics of uh, of entertainment I've also learned um, so much about about nature and about the environment, and you know it's it's a huge part of my life. I, I you know I, knowledge is so huge, and it, it kind of hurts to to know that there's so many people out there that don't know what's out there, hmm. and it's so easy. So, are you going to continue? Do you think in the entertainment industry? Absolutely. Um, right now. Uh, I don't mean to, to bring it away from the show, but uh, my my band is uh, we're making some moves right now um, in the uh, uh, as in our record companies and everything. Wow! Management label, and we're uh, yeah we're uh, shopping our EP to record labels as we speak right now. Wow! So, uh, absolutely, and, and if it wasn't for for um, Adventure Productions, uh, I would never have gotten my foot in the door.
Drew, thank you so much for being on the show. I know you have to run now, but best of luck with everything in the future. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. Okay, good. Thank you, Drew. Okay, now, Selena, this yeah, actually, here. yeah, what, what has affected you most? How, how has this changed your life, your future? Well, I'm forever a conservationist now. Anytime okay. I see an animal in distress, I think of AquaKids and the things that I've learned. Anytime I have the chance to tell my friends and my coworkers and my family about, you know, different facts that I've learned about animals or what they can do to help. I, sometimes I see, you know, my brother go and he'll try to throw, like, a water bottle in the trash can. I go, no, 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 don't do that. Don't do that. We have a recycling bin right next to it. We Put love it to recycling. hear that. <laughs> I go, no, come on, come on. And he goes, oh... He goes, I forgot, you're an aqua kid, I have to do this. And I go, yes, yes, you do, I'm after your sister. I love it. 75% of the time they listen to me. Well, you know, the other thing is the kids get to do things other kids don't get to do. For instance, yeah. uh, years ago, one of the kids got to help pilot a, a two-person sub uh, at, at, uh, down at the Florida Oceanographic Society. Wow. And he actually got to get in and help pilot a, a two-person sub. Uh, they, they've been in the Everglades up to their waist with gators going by and snakes and, you know, and, and riding on airboats and snorkeling with manatees and snorkeling with, with dolphins and diving with sharks and you name it, they do it. Uh, so you are making me so kids. jealous. You're making me so jealous right now. <laughs> where, where do you get this kind of experience? In fact, yeah. most of, if we shoot during the school year, usually the schools say, go with George. You're going to learn more that week than you are here. Wow. So, yeah. So what is the biggest thing you two have learned? George, what's the biggest thing you've learned from this show? How has it wow. changed you? And if Carol, if you well, come up with an answer first, go chime right in. <laughs> I'll I, let him what? go first. Go ahead, dear. I, 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 my idea was, was to try to influence children to try to make a difference. And you know what? It's working. Mm. And uh, I'm going to get teary-eyed on you because I get these amazing emails from kids that they want to become oceanographers and they, and they want to do stream cleanups. And, mm -hmm. and you know what? I've had, I've had lawyers and attorneys look at, you know, I, you know, we're doing this with no money and we're going into debt. And, and they're like, well, why would you do anything that stupid? And I'm like, because I don't want to be on my deathbed saying, why didn't I? It's so important to do something that you know is going to help something somewhere. I, this is our legacy. Mm -hmm. This is our passion. Mm -hmm. If you get this passion in you, you have to do it. We're coming up on, on time now. So, Selena, what would you like to leave our audience with, Selena? Well, kind of what we've mentioned earlier, that you can make a difference. Just finding things in your community that you can do to help. And if you aren't aware of things, they're right. Use the Internet. Google it. Find things like a, a shore cleanup or go and volunteer at an animal shelter. Do anything that you can. And no matter how small it is, just know that it is making a difference. You can make a difference. Yeah, I think that's probably the big takeaway from this show, is everyone can make a difference. And you don't have to do everything you can, but just do something. Do something well, to exactly make the world right. a little better place. That's exactly right. That's what Oprah says, just do something. <laughs> I did not know that, but hey. if <laughs> That's I'm, what she said. Well, someone's always watching. They will learn, and you can educate them just by showing them what you're doing. That is very important. Just model. If nothing else, model the kind of behavior you want to see in the world. Exactly. Live by example. Mm -hmm. yeah. So the big takeaway from this show is awareness. Yes. Yeah. You've got to increase people's awareness. And one way you do that is by modeling and by doing just what you can do. Mm -hmm. yep. No matter how little it is, no matter how small. Yep. There you go. Okay. 
I think this is a good place to stop. And how can we find, yes, you can Google Aqua Kids, but can you give us the website? Sure. It's aquakids.tv, like television, aquakids.tv. There you can go and find episodes and air times and find out where it airs in your city. Okay. Yeah, and you can also see some of the websites on YouTube. Uh, there, there, there are episodes. Oh. There are actually episodes on the website, so you can actually watch the show. Mm -hmm. Okay, but Selena, you're saying you can go to YouTube and Google Aqua Kids and find stuff. You can as well. Yeah, yes. you can do yeah. that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Okay. All right. Well, thank you thank so you, much. Thank you so much. You're welcome. It's been a great show. And you've been listening to, in other words, part of Perfect World Network Radio. You can find us at pwnradio.net. You can find me, your host, Susan Share, and my editing and writing business at inotherwordsgroup.com. Thanks so much for joining us. Join us again. Bye-bye. In other words.
in other words.